is Bloomberg Surveillance. Now, I'm not 100% sure the economy has slowed. I think that in this recovery all along, we've been growing to 2.5% in that range. When there's very little productivity growth, actually 2.5% wage growth is beginning to emerge as something of a threat to the Fed's inflation target. The 2016-17 economic outlook is somewhere between a muddle long and garden variety recession. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene casting shadows over economics, finance, investment, and international relations. This morning, Mickey Levy joins us, associated with the Shadow Open Market Committee. Alan Meltzer, Carl Bruner, 1973. Where were you? That was an important time. The Carnegie Rochester Symposiums. Maybe it was symposia, plural. We'll find out from Mickey Levy. We'll do that here in a bit. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting tax advisory to minimize risk to capture value. In private equity, you need Cone Resnick. Where forward thinking creates results. Find out how at ConeResnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. ConeResnick.com. Mike, I'm looking at yen weaker. What are you looking at on the Bloomberg screen? Uh that's as good as anything, actually. Uh, you know, it all points back to the dollar and expectations for the Fed, which collapsed on Friday at 8.31 after the jobs report <clears throat> and seemed to have yeah. been rebuilt over the last our, our, uh, 72 hours. Our theory this morning, Mike, I want you to bring in our esteemed guest. Our theory this morning, folks, has been the theory. The theme is the theory, the lack of theory or maybe the debate over what is the most efficacious theory that is out there. Mike? We got the highest of acolytes, John Farrow, the esteemed English philosopher John Farrow said, <laughs> your show was so smart this morning. And that's because Mickey Levy darkened the door and he continues with us right now. Mike, bring in the giant of Berenberg Capital Markets. <laughs> Mickey Levy is with us. Uh, and, and we can and will ask him about the Federal Reserve, but that's too easy. We're going to, we're going to actually make him work for a living here. He put together a, an analysis of the presidential candidate's economic plans. And he stopped laughing long enough to come in <laughs> and explain to us what he's figured out. Is there a candidate? And, and I guess it, it gets a little easier now because you were looking at more candidates at the time when, when you first uh, put this together. Now there's only three left. But is there a coherent plan out there? Well, Mike, the answer to that is um – all of the candidates left, actually, if you look at their official campaign platforms on their websites, they all have plans. Um, Clinton's is the most complete because, it, you know, it was like written by the, the Washington establishment. Um, uh, Trump actually has a platform. It, it lacks some details, but they, they all have plans. And if you really stand back and think about it and cut through all the media bluster and everything. Um, you know, Clinton proposes a larger scope of government in terms of more spending, more taxes, more regulations. Um, Sanders is an accentuation of that. And and Trump, uh, while there are a lot of blanks in, in, in his platform, he, you know, he, he favors – you know, lower a smaller scope of government in terms of taxes, uh, spending, and less regulations. But then, you know, that's just the green eyeshade study, and then you have to get into these critical issues of, you know, once somebody becomes elected, there's a, a 
path toward legislation. So it's not all completely straightforward. Well, there, yeah, and uh, getting anything passed by any of these candidates isn't going to be easy in the Congress that we have. But uh, why don't we start with Bernie Sanders because he may not – he's, he's the longer of the three shots right now. Um, he has proposed a very large spending program that the Congressional Budget Office suggests would put us very deeply into debt. Do you see a way that it gets paid for or that it it, uh, helps the economy? The answer to both of your points there is no and no. Um, Dramatically increases in spending. And keep in mind when the Congressional Budget Office does eventually score keep these, they do it on a 10-year projection, and Sanders' spending proposals are – extraordinarily high, and his the increase in tax burdens he would place on um, businesses and, and individuals, extraordinarily high, and you have to assume there are going to be even some modest feedback, so his numbers just don't add is, up at is, all. Do, is Donald Trump to the left of Bernie Sanders on selected economic policy? No, actually, Tom, I can tell you one area where they agree, and that is um, legalizing the importation of select pharmaceuticals from um, from Canada. So that, um, but no, uh, no, uh, Trump. While there are a lot of blanks in his um, official platform, to his credit, he does propose um, actual corporate tax reform with a broader base and lower rates. Even though he mm-hmm. does not provide programmatic details on how to what to do with all the deductions credits deferrals and and the like and he also proposes a flat or tax um you know i have studied this a lot and just a critical question is once somebody is elected who shows up in the white house for example for trump if he were to get elected i think it's a very low probability who shows up the next day? A kind of a blustery candidate we've seen, which says really erratic things that you shake your head about, or a guy who's, um, you know, made a whole career negotiating and compromising in real estate. For Clinton, um, who, who shows up? Um, somebody is who is further emboldened, and I've studied her um, policies and her track record over the years. And I tend to think um, in many ways uh, she would become more emboldened and would not move back to the center from where her platform is now. There was a very interesting piece, uh, Tom, yesterday at the Washington Post, Jim Tankersley, uh, looking at uh, the fact that in, in Washington uh, one tends to uh, come in and propose and compromise, etc., uh, whereas Trump is used to a different kind of negotiation yeah. in real estate where somebody is a winner, somebody is a loser, and if you're the loser, you just declare bankruptcy and walk away. And the U.S. government can't do that. Right. And I, and I think some of the points he's made about about debt just shows a naivete about public policy formation and, and being a, a policy leader in, in Washington. Um yeah, different type of negotiation. But keep in mind, if you look through even recent history, uh, uh, presidents often don't follow their platforms. Um, look at President Clinton in 1992, uh, campaigned in 1992 against NAFTA and against welfare reform, and then and then ended out voting and championing both of them. President Bush um, in the, in the year 2000. Um, ran as an international isolationist and a fiscal conservative and did the opposite. Um, the other question one has to ask is, 
what will be the process? The, the composition of Congress matters. Uh, it, it's very important because the, the 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 chairs of the key committees, like the Ways and Means Committee in the House, is the Tax Writing Committee, and they and they become the gatekeeper. The the the, the Senate Financial Services Committee, both of those combined. Yeah. Uh, these are extraordinarily uh, important. And, okay, um, I'll go with that, Mickey. I think that's great. But the fact is, we've got a candidate who's in search of a vice presidential candidate. Mike, has anybody even said I'll take the job? Yeah, there have been a couple of people like uh, Chris Christie. Uh, okay, well, yeah. I've suggested they they would be available. Uh, Michelle Bachman. John Tucker, are you like available? Uh, you're, you're, He's not going to raise my property taxes again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, limit. The, uh, the, the Trump tax plan, um, economists say, would boost growth. Uh, because you cut taxes so severely, but it would also increase the deficit enormously. Which is more important to the economy and financial markets, Mickey? Um, if the the Ways and Means Committee, um, whether it stays Republican or, 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 or Democrats take control, would push back on such severity in tax cuts. Remember, the economy, the environment for the public policy-making process, we're not in a crisis. The economy is growing at a disappointing rate, but we're not in a crisis. We're not in a financial crisis. So I think the Congress will be much more deliberate on this. But could I add a crucially important point that, that nobody's paying attention to? When we when we think about the checks and balances, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. The okay. theory of it, the yeah. theory of it is we have checks and balances between the uh, administrative, the presidency, the congressional branch, and the judiciary. Now, in practice, if we think about what everybody in financial markets are, are interested in, and, and 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 the public is interested, there are pretty good checks and balances between the Congress. And, and the White House on tax and spending policies and fiscal policies. Mm-hmm. However, and I underline the word however, there are very, very, very few checks and balances to the president's power to regulate the economy. Let me give you two examples. Uh, um, we got we got to hold that okay. thought because we got to take a quick break. Mickey Levy of uh, Barenberg Bank will be back uh, with us. Or will he be? Will we? Talking some more about uh, the election ahead. But first, we've got to check in with Michael Barr and uh, get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It is primary day in West Virginia and Nebraska. It comes as a new poll shows Democrat Hillary Clinton and Republican Donald Trump in a tight race in three battleground states. According to a new Quinnipiac poll, Clinton has 43% to Trump at 42% in Florida and Pennsylvania. In Ohio, the presumptive Republican presidential nominee has 43% to the Democratic frontrunner at 39%. Tough-talking Mayor Rodrigo Durante has won the Philippines presidential election. Impeachment proceedings against President Dilma Rousseff have resumed in Brazil after the chief of the lower house suspended the proceedings yesterday. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Tom. Michael Barr, thank you so much. Futures up 12 earlier, up 7 right now. The yields flat, 1.76%. Yen, 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 109.12, a weaker yen over the last six days. 
from New York on economics, finance, investment, Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. This news update brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF.